Thank you for joining us for this week's message from the First Christian Church in Great Bend, Kansas. Each week we share thought-provoking and life-changing teachings on topics that are important and relevant to you in your life. We hope that you will be encouraged by our weekly podcast and will tune in regularly. Now let's join the First Christian Church of Great Bend for this week's message. So today we are starting a new sermon series that I believe every Christian needs to hear called In the Beginning. And basically what I'm going to be attempting to do in this sermon series, besides trying to keep my job, as you guys are going to find out, is to give you all a basic understanding of the two different creation stories that we have within our Bible. That's right, there's actually two different creation stories in our Bible, with the overall goal being to not only help you to read and understand these stories for what they actually proclaim, which is mind-blowing, but also to help you to see that all of this fighting that has been going on for the last 300 years or so between science and religion really isn't necessary. You can have your cake and eat it too. So, how many of you guys think you might be down for learning some new things about these incredible stories? Anybody? Yeah, okay, <laughs> well, before you get too excited, let me offer you a warning. Warning! Some of you, because of what you've been taught about these stories and the Bible itself growing up, what I'm about to teach you might not only cause you a bit of discomfort, but it also might cause you to have to rethink some things. But even though that's the case, what I want you to keep in mind as we work our way through this series is that the information that I will be teaching you over the next four weeks isn't some newfangled idea that just I'm throwing out there, so I I learned this new thing, so I'm throwing it out there. No. This is the same basic information that almost every seminary and Bible college, both liberal and conservative, regardless of denomination, is teaching and has been teaching for the last 50 years or so in one form or another. And the reason you probably haven't heard it is because teaching new things to church people, church people, is not only something that causes people to leave when they hear something they don't like, but it's also something that can cause ministers to get fired. And so what ministers do um, is they just kind of stay away from it to keep their jobs. And I'm done doing that. If you guys want to fire me, you can fire me. It's all right. Uh, I want to teach you this stuff, and I want to show you the beauty of how it all fits together instead of this fighting that's been going on that just makes no sense to me. So, even with all of that being said, you also need to know that as a good disciple minister, I'm not going to stand up here and tell you how to believe or, or how to interpret Scripture. And that because I'm the minister, you guys have to agree with everything that I say. No, instead, all I'm going to be doing throughout this entire series, which is all I really ever do as your minister, is I'm going to give you what I think after years of study and prayer, and then allow you, guided by the Spirit of God, to come to your own conclusions, or to make up your own mind regarding what you believe God is trying to teach you through these incredible stories. And they're just that. They're absolutely awe-inspiring. And then we're going to throw in some science, and it's going to get even better. I mean, it's phenomenal. So you guys think you're ready to do this? You want to watch your pastor go down in flames, anybody? I got one guy who raised his hand. That's two. What? Oh, no. Well, um, well, Ashley, we might, that that house we just bought, we might have to sell it. I don't, uh, (laughs) all right. So what I want to show you guys today as we begin our journey 
is how the first creation story, Genesis 1, 1 through 2, 4a, was not written to give us a scientific account of what happened when God created the world, but instead was written as an ancient account of creation to help us learn some foundational theological truths about who God is and where we fit in all of this. And the easiest way for me to show you this is we turn to day two where God creates this thing called the dome or the firmament. So it's different in different translations there. But to understand what the dome is and how it functions, you first need to understand what existed before God started creating and a little bit of what happened on day one. And then we'll get into the good stuff. So according to verses one and two, before God ever started creating, there were some things that already existed. It says this, in the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void and darkness covered the face of the deep, while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Or notice that in the beginning, what seems to pre-exist God's act of creation was the earth in this formless void kind of state and darkness. Or what I picture in my mind is this dark mass of watery chaos. But what we also find hovering over the face of this dark, watery chaos is the spirit or the wind of God. And in Hebrew, the word that is used for swept here can also be translated as brood, which gives us the picture that like a bird broods over its eggs until they hatch. What's happening here is God's spirit is brooding over this dark, watery chaos, preparing the world to be born. And then this happens. God said, let there be light. And there was light. God said, let there be light. And there was light. Or into the darkness, we find that God speaks. And when God speaks, things become reality. And the first thing that God creates, which is absolutely amazing, by just saying a word is light. And God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness and called the light day. And the darkness he called night. Or to kick off this event of creation, God creates this this, this thing called light, whatever it is. And we don't know what it is because the sun, moon, and stars don't come around until day four. So picture light without a source. We don't know what exactly it is. So what scholars have said is basically what's going on in day one is that God creates time as we know it. So evening and morning of the first day. Which then gets us into day two of creation. And this is where it gets very interesting. Now, what I want you to do as I read about what happened on day two is try to picture in your mind's eye what's happening as God creates. Keeping in mind that all that exists up to this point, according to the story, is a dark mass of watery chaos and some light. So God said, let there be a dome in the midst of the waters and let it separate the waters from the waters. So God made the dome and separated the waters that were under the dome from the waters that were above the dome. And it was so. And God called the dome sky, and there was evening, and there was morning, the second day. Okay, so again, try to, just, try to picture what's going on here. I'm going to read it one more time. God said, let there be a dome in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. So God made the dome and separated the waters that were under the dome from the waters that were above the dome, and it was so. And God called the dome sky, And there was evening and morning of the second day. So how many of you guys, as I was reading this to you, 
had a hard time picturing this in your mind. Anybody have a hard time kind of wrapping your brain around what this looks like? Now, how many of you, um, as you were kind of picturing this, basically pictured this big blob of water and God used an atmosphere and separated a, a blob of water from a blob of water. So you had one on the bottom and one on the top. And then you're like, well, wait a minute, what's this water on the top stuff? That didn't make, I get the stuff below, but what's this stuff on top here? Anybody? Any of you even get that far in your head? <laughs> John got it. Thanks, John. Well, the reason you're having a hard time picturing day two in your mind is because without even thinking about it, you are trying to line up this description with what we know about the world. Or you're trying to make sense of this story based in modern science. And the reason we call it modern is because it is modern. This is a recent discovery. Modern science didn't exist in the ancient world. And so when you try to put modern science onto this story, it does not work. And the reason it doesn't work is because this story was not written to give us a scientific account of the creation of the world, but instead was written to give us theological truths based on what the ancients believed about the world. So, what almost every single person in the ancient world believed about the earth, and you got to think back to your ancient history class on this one, is that first of all, the world was what? Was it a circle? No, what they believed was flat. They believed that the world was flat. And the reason they believed that is because from their perspective, without any kind of instruments to see the world differently, no matter where they went in the world, what did it look like? It looked like it was flat. Now sure, you've got mountains and things that come up, but the mountains then come down and everything is flat. Next, they believe, and this is the important part here, this is kind of what we miss, is that way up in the sky, there was literally a dome like the Astrodome or the dome of a sports stadium. And what was above that dome was water. And the reason they thought that is because water comes from the sky and water doesn't float. So there must be a dome up there that holds the water back. And also because when you look up at the sky on a clear day, what, what color is it? Blue. What does it look like? It looks like water. It looks like water. Or let me give you a visual of how the ancients understood the world so you can see what I'm talking about. John, you want to throw that slide up there? So this is a little further along in the creation story, but this gives you a gist. So basically what you have down here is the earth. So at this point, all we have is water and then water above. And so they literally believed the earth was flat. And then there was a dome at the corners of the earth that went all the way to the top. And then above that dome was water. And then above that was where the gods, or God in our estimation, uh, lived. So how many of you guys have seen this before? Anybody heard this or seen this or anything like that? Anybody ready to fire me? My, life, my wife's the only one who laughed at that. I don't know if that's a good thing. Okay, so now that you can see how the ancients understood the world, let me read the second day of creation to you again. God said, let there be a dome in the midst of the waters and let it separate the waters from the waters. So God made the dome and separated the waters that were under the dome from the waters that were above the dome. And it was so when God called the dome sky and there was evening in the morning of the second day. Or what happens when you begin to read this in context that um, it all starts to come together because they're literally talking about a dome. The Hebrew word here for dome 
um, is rakia. And it literally means a hammered out piece of something flat. So in the ancient world, that's what they're talking about. They take a piece of metal and they would hammer it out into a sheet. And so it's a hammered out piece of thing. But to take this even further, not only did they believe that the earth was flat and covered by a dome, they also believed that the sun, moon, and stars were embedded or somehow located in that dome. And God said, let there be lights in the dome of the sky to separate the day from the night and let them be for signs and for season and for days and for years and let them be lights in the dome of the sky to give light upon the earth. And it was so. Or notice that in this description we are given here about the location of the sun, moon, and stars is that it's not above or beyond the dome. It's in the dome again, which again matches completely and totally with what the ancients believed about the universe and that those lights that ruled over the day and over the night were not thousands or even billions of light years away as we know them to be, but instead were light sources that were literally in the dome of the sky. And again, the reason they believe this because they didn't have telescopes. They didn't have satellites. It's what they could see with the naked eye. They were standing on planet Earth without all this information that you and I have, and they were trying to make sense of what was going on up there. I mean, can you imagine if you tried to explain to an ancient person that we are in an infinite universe and we are floating around on nothing, right? We're on a big ball. And what that sun is, is it's eight light seconds or whatever it is away, and it's this big, and it puts off. I mean, they just, it would just blow their mind. They wouldn't be able to get it. So, you guys going to have this look on your face like I'm out of here pretty soon, right? <laughs> so what I hope you're starting to see is that it's quite clear that when you read the first creation story carefully, that this story was not written to give us a scientific account of how God created the world, but instead was written to give us a picture of how the ancients understood the world, which ultimately means that if you try to read this story in a scientific way, as so many people do, they try to make it all fit, then you're actually missing the point of what it is that God is trying to teach us, or you're actually missing what Scripture is trying to tell us here. Now, I know at this point that some of you are absolutely reeling about what I've just said. And the reason I know that is because that is exactly how I felt my first day of Old Testament, my first semester in seminary, right? That's the first thing that you're going to do. You're going to do the creation story in the beginning. And I remember my Old Testament professor telling me, hey, these stories were not meant to be taken. Literally, they were not meant to give us a sign. And I thought, oh, no. Wait a minute. I've been lied to all these years. I just absolutely couldn't believe it. So how many of you guys are a little uneasy at this point? Anybody? Anybody brave enough to say you're uneasy? Thank you. It's like two people. The rest of you are lying, I know. So, even though that's the case, what you also need to know, which took me a couple of years to come to terms with, so if it takes you a little bit, that's okay is that just because this story was not written to give us a scientific account of the world doesn't mean that this is not God's word. And it also doesn't mean that this word wasn't inspired. No, it just means that. What God is trying to teach us through this story is not scientific truth. And when you think about it, teaching scientific truth to ancients 
wouldn't have worked in the first place. It didn't make sense in their wheelhouse. They wouldn't have understood it. They would have thought it was crazy. No. Instead, it's meant to teach us theological truth. In fact, it's meant to teach us something that goes beyond science, the kind of wisdom and information that science can't give you, that can only be revealed. And so what we're going to learn um, in the next couple of weeks is not only how amazing our God is, but then where we fit in this incredible creation that we are a part of and how amazing our world is. That's what we're going to get into. That's what I want you to see. And then we're going to take science that, that so many people kind of do this science versus religion thing and we're, we're going to use the theology that this scripture proclaims to us and we're going to take science and we're going to look at them side by side and see how if you know how to read science or watch science or whatever you'll do, you'll begin to see that it reveals that God is even more magnificent than you ever thought. It will blow your mind. So you, you guys think you're ready for this? Let us pray. Father, we come before you this morning. And I know that this information for so many people is so far out there, so different from what they have read or maybe even what they've been taught. But I ask that you would help all of us wrestle with it in the way that you have called us to. To help um, all of us come to understand what it is that you're actually proclaiming through these incredible stories, which doesn't lead to a fight going on between science and religion but leads to a way where we can embrace you as the creator of the universe, the one who created us in your image and likeness, and what science proclaims to the world. So Lord, help us wrestle and struggle with all of this. We ask this all in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. invited back next week for another life-changing message from the First Christian Church of Great Bend, Kansas. Please check out our website at www.fccgbk.com. That's fccgbk.com. May you have a blessed week.